Hello, and welcome to ASMR Tirardo Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, Dr. Andrew Michaels has surprised you by coming to keep you company while you wait at the doctor's office. Don't worry, you're a strong person. You're going to be fine. Hey, what's going on? Of course I came down. I came down as soon as I heard. Yeah, I know it's Christmas. I know, I know I'm busy. But I still have time to stop what I'm doing and come sit with you at the doctor's office while you wait for your results. <laughs> it's not every day somebody gets tests like you do. And I know you're scared. But that's okay. That's why I'm here. You just need somebody to listen. I know I'm going to talk the whole time. But the idea is, I'm listening. And I know you're not real happy that uh, you're sitting in a doctor's office right before Christmas. But you know what? The good thing is, there are people around you that care. And you're not alone. So whatever happens, whatever's going on, whatever goes down today, you're still going to have those friends and family. And people are concerned. And that's not going to change. Okay? All right. I thought so. Well, I'm glad you called and told me. Well, you, you know, I'm not that good at this kind of stuff. So, it's people like you in my life that uh, help me get better at being a better person. You know, you go through life not thinking about things and thinking about what other people are going through and sometimes you have to just stop what you're doing. You have, to, you have to stop. You literally have to stop what you're doing and realize that there's other people out there that not only have it worse than you but could use a little compassion. A very, very good friend of mine. I've known her for many, many years. And her parents raised her right. And I love her parents. They're the most adorable couple. And their daughter likes to post a lot saying, remember, while you're out there, you know, during your day, you don't know what other people are going through. So try to be kind, you know, to others. And it always sticks with me. What, what are other people going through? You don't know. So try to be kind, you know, because you, you don't know what people are going through, do you? What you're going through right now, too, 
personally is rough. There's people who have it worse and there's people who have it better. But I'm sure you've got all you can handle right now. And it's not fair to minimize that. It's okay to be concerned and nervous and even a little afraid. But I remind you of something I like to say, and that is that courage will sustain a broken body. And I've always thought of you, you, yeah, you, the person I'm talking to right now. I'm looking right at you. I've always thought of you as a courageous person. Courage takes a lot of forms, and being brave enough to do some of the things that you do in life are very courageous. I don't think people realize going out in public and dealing with people and all that entails is a courageous thing. We always think of courage as a hero at a battlefield and somebody daringly trying to win a medal at the Olympics. But courage comes from daily events. Courage comes from people just biting their lip and getting through their day. You know, it's really easy to mouth off and tell somebody to go get screwed and get fired and lose your job. And you think, well, I got even with that guy. But it takes true courage to sit there and work it out, work through it, keep your job, and keep going. Keep pressing forward with your own best interests at heart. There'll be other days and there'll be other opportunities. A courageous person, they tough it out. They dig in their heels, they bite their lip, they squeeze their fist, and they keep marching. They keep going. I bet as you're sitting there flipping through that People magazine, you're thinking, when's he going to shut up? I know. I just don't want you to think you're alone. So I came down. I'm right here. That's what I do. I'm nothing if I can't help my friends. And I... I'm glad I'm here with you right now. And I'm sure you're glad that I'm here too. I know I took my little dog for a ride today. Yeah. No, he's not out in the car. I was afraid it would be too long of a wait. But I took my little dog Buster for a uh, ride. And oh my gosh, he had so much fun. He... He's so erratic and so, I don't know, what's the word? Um, You never know what to expect from him. One day, he's just a ball of fire. He can't even act right. The next day, he gets in the car. And he's a little angel. He just sits there like a little baby. Doesn't make a sound. Doesn't move. 
He's just looking out the windows, taking the whole world in. And he's just like a perfect little buddy. <laughs> and it's so funny because uh, I was expecting him to really cut up today because he was full of beans all morning, you know, wanting to play catch. Oh, God. It's my day off, and all he wants to do is play catch. And he gets the toy so covered with his saliva that it's like, oh, it's so gross. You can't touch anything, you know, because you got this some dog slobber all over your hand and you're sitting there you can't even pick up the television remote it's so gross it's like oh my god so I gotta keep a tissue there by my chair you know when I'm playing with them or a paper towel <laughs> wipe my hand off just so I can get up and go you know wash my hands when I'm done and then you think he's done playing right because he takes the toy and he's tired of you throwing it and he climbs up on the couch and he um, starts chewing on the toy so you get up and you go over and wash your hands and you sit down and you get your laptop out and you're going to start working on a project and flipping on the TV and playing with the remote and just when you're just about situated you know you get your chair reclined and you're just about ready to have a little sip of your drink and relax he looks up at you like what the hell's going on here he runs over with the toy and climbs up on your lap and like, we going to play or what? What's, 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 what's going on here? <laughs> it's like, oh my God, puppies. I swear children and puppies and kittens keep people young forever. You could be 80 years old and still think like a 20 year old parent because those kids will keep you young. <laughs> Excuse me, I gotta get yeah, I, uh, oh, I know, I know, it's, it's wonderful having children. Yeah, right now my daughter is, um, she's cheerleading for the basketball team, and she's in a away game, so I'm not missing anything at home. I got to spend all day with my dog, my daughter is in a away game that I, I couldn't attend anyway because I have to go to work later, so you're not interfering with anything. No, it's okay. I know you think <laughs> you think I have like this important life, but actually in reality I I've got a lot of free time. Yeah, I do work a lot, but when I'm not working, I do have some free time. And that's because everybody else is at school or work and I'm just sitting around waiting to talk to you. <laughs> I know. Well, when you go in to talk to the doctor, make sure that they um give you all the information if you don't understand something write it down and we can look it up later all right well they better be encouraging and they better be positive because you know bedside manner is a big deal and if they can't do that you come out here and you get me and i'll go back there and straighten them right out i will give them an education on bedside manner you know i am dr andrew michaels of course and the one thing you can't do is frighten your patients. Why, well, I remember that time I had these aliens. I think I told you about it uh, back in Roswell, 1947. I walk in, and they've got this poor alien creature. And he's shaking like a leaf. And they've got him in manacles. They've got manacles on his legs. They've got a manacle around his waist. 
you know, like a restraint, and it's hooked to his legs and his hands. And he's got glass debris all over his face and his head, and some cuts and abrasions, and he's so frightened. And this poor little alien sitting there across from me. That's how my career really began. I did a lot of crazy stuff during the war and before the war, but when I met this alien, that was when my life changed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, little gray man from outer space, little gray man. And he wasn't getting the right levels of breathing, breathable air that he was used to. So it was giving him a discoloration. He looked a little green. That's where all that little green man from Mars stuff comes from. Yeah. Because uh, some people thought they were green. Some people thought they were gray. Some people thought they were brown. And that's how these things get started. And people just start running around with it and talking about aliens and UFOs and flying saucers. And this poor little guy, I'll never forget him. He was just a mess. Gosh. He wasn't treated. He wasn't taken care of. He was shaking. He hadn't ate or drank anything. He was afraid. He he couldn't tell what they were offering him for food or water. And, you know, you could you could kill him. You know, you could poison him. He was just so scared and timid. And I was furious. My God, I was furious. There was no reason to treat him like this. His, um, there was three of them. One of them was actually in the hospital. He was in such bad shape that uh, he was getting some medical treatment right away. They had to set some broken bones. <laughs> Not much else they could do because they didn't know his, phys- his physiology. And uh, there was another one I think died. I, I've never got a straight answer on that. And I don't know if he died or he was killed or they killed him. They they never told me. No. Even after I became friends with them, it was like a gray area in the story. Um, I've often wondered if you, there was like a um, debate over whether or not to give the human beings the information that they were coming there to, to deliver. And it was a warning to us, you know, and uh, I wonder if there was a debate or a fight and they killed him, but it looked like he died in the crash. I've I've never gotten a straight answer. It's really weird. But anyway, the first thing I do is I get the sergeant of arms in there. Uh, The officer in charge, I think is what they call him. And uh, I had him remove the manacles off this poor guy. And I got some uh, medical equipment, and I started to pick the glass out of his head. And and, uh, I started to treat him with some chemicals that wouldn't hurt him. And we started to communicate, and he could speak through his mind to me. Once he had calmed down, once he felt safe, his mind relaxed. We were able to talk more openly. And it's more of an empathic mental projection of thoughts. It's not really him speaking to my mind. It's more of a calmness. And once I got him calm, he actually could speak to me, vocalize, and speak the English language. It's kind of strange. It's almost like he had a mechanical voice tool of some kind. It's kind of funny. They 
have such advanced technology that their technology looks like magic or it looks biological, but in reality he doesn't actually vocalize and talk, especially in the English language or to have the capability of it. But he has computer-type equipment, so tiny, like microscopic, like nanobot technology, practically embedded into his the fiber of his being. It's woven into his body. Like I said, it looks like magic, but in reality, it's technology. So they're almost like a hybrid, you know, biological cyborg almost, you know, part robotic. But this this is a big uh, weight and uh, energy saver for them because their bodies generate the power that their technology feeds off of to operate. And this is such an energy savings because you don't have to have a separate power supply. Their equipment runs right off of biological energy. And you're talking about stuff that's micro, sometimes in the realm of microscopic size, so it doesn't need a lot of power generation to operate. Yeah, it's really interesting. And once he calmed down, once we got the temperature in the room to a more... Um, climatized temperature for him and we started to give him some air to breathe that was more comfortable for him his um, coloration changed and he actually started to heal he started to heal much quicker because once again he has these nanotechnologies woven into his body to help him heal at a faster rate um, which they found with his partner that was hurt at the hospital that his wounds were healing quite rapidly compared to say a human beings physiology so it's quite it's quite interesting how all that works well they came to warn us more than anything they've never really shared technology they did give me some technology and everybody thought it was like this advanced scientific stuff. They basically gave me a, what you might call modern days, a uh, smartphone, basically equivalent of a computer that was like a handheld palm pilot, you know, a, a handheld computer. And it had some very specific um, powers and abilities. This this computer they gave me, and they basically put me on track to learning how to travel in time in my own lifetime. Time travel is possible through thought. Um, it's not quite possible in the physical realm, you know, to go backwards in time. But you can travel backwards in time through your own thoughts. And you can, it's almost like the soul of human beings and sentient beings has this thread that goes through the multiverse. It's, it's, very, it's very, very complex. I can't even begin to explain it to you properly in layman's terms. I'm not the best at it. But basically, your soul is in this dimension right now, sitting here at the doctor's office with you waiting for your results. But there's also another me and another universe and another time. I d 
didn't cease to exist when I was 10 years old or 20 years old or 30 years old. And when I was born is when I, I, when I, my soul first appeared, I'm still there. Even though we live a non-linear, a, a linear life time, you know, we, we, we start at one and then we die at hundred years old. In some ways, through thought, through our brain, through our soul, through our spirit, we live a non-linear life existence. And it's possible to affect the past if you have the ability to focus and find those moments of trauma or great excitement in your life. You can travel back to those moments. And what I found out from these aliens is, that a lot of spacefaring races capture the souls of sentient beings. It's like the only thing worth invading a world for is to capture sentient beings and then, you know, steal their souls at the moment of death. And you think, what in the world would you want to steal somebody's soul? Is this like, you know, good and evil God and the devil? Well, there's actually something to that. What happens is, you know, when you die, if you go to heaven, you know, your form of heaven, reincarnation, nirvana, wherever you go to the next life, your soul is recycled or you go further into another dimension. If you feel like you've lived here long enough, you go forward into a new um, existence, a new reality, a new dimension. You never really die. But you can also get trapped. You can get captured and sent to hell, Hades, the underworld. And your soul can get used for a power source. And this power source, the idea behind it is, they can alter time, alter reality through the human soul well, or a soul. Because these souls have this, this, this thread of non-linear existence through them. So if you can find a very old, well, long-lived human, or, you know, or ascension being, and you kill them, well, you can use their power, their soul, to travel anywhere back into that hundred years of their lifetime. And this is where they can, you know, go back and damage the fabric of time and space and our existence. And there's aliens out there that, gain great power through this because they can alter things like where you think, well, why would you want to, you know, where are we going with this? Well, if you're a powerful alien and you want to become rich, you use somebody's soul and you travel back 60 years and you tell yourself to buy a certain stock or to invest in a, uh, you know, invest in a business or bet on the numbers of the lottery that day. Next thing you know, you're a multimillionaire and you, these people gain great power and great influence. And everybody sits around thinking that like the Illuminati is this, you know, secret organization that's trying to destroy the world, but it's actually trying to safeguard us from these malevolent powers all around the globe. And they come from within and without. There's alien races that found out about the human race through our radio traffic. We've been sending radio waves out for over a hundred years. And one of the first thing aliens did when they recognized us 
as intelligent creatures on Earth, where they sent a signal to Nikola Tesla and warned him of the aliens that were coming. Because once you put your signal out there, you can't stop it. And there's races out there that scan the universe for these signals because they can capture so many souls of human beings or, you know, people to um, power their time travel machines. Now, remember, these are time travel machines that send thought, thought through time. So you can go back and say, Dr. Andrew Michaels is going to arrest you 20 years in the past. So here's what you do to avoid it. And you send yourself that message. And this alters the fabric of time and space. And what it does is it starts to create black voids in the universe. It disrupts the fabric of our very existence. And if they keep doing this, if you think what we're dealing with right now is bad, we could literally blink out of existence because we, we could fall into one of these null and void spaces in time and our universe could collapse. The universe started with this big bang and it's spread out from there well if you have enough of the universe and the matter in the universe start to collapse into these voids the whole universe if it gets out of balance you know through the actual weight and um, mass of the universe gets out of whack it'll collapse back into its primordial space basically destroy itself and start over again And these creatures don't care because they actually have figured out how to live outside of that existence. That's where your heaven and hell and your devils and demons come from. Now on earth are built in um, enemy that steals souls, captures people, corrupts people, takes their soul for the eternal lake of fire, which is basically a fusion generator time machine those are your satanists and your devils and your demons well there's other creatures like that and they don't live in our time and space you know when you go up into the sky into heaven the heavens there is no heaven if you go down into the ground underground and you dig 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 there is no there's no hell there's no hell in the ground these places exist outside of our dimension And it's somewhat frightening, but it's also reassuring. As long as we live our normal lives in our normal space and time existence, everything's okay. It's when we step outside of that and get involved with these interdimensional creatures, there is a potential that we can be stolen. And if we're stolen, our soul will be destroyed. And if our soul is destroyed, then we will power some machine and we will be snuffed out of existence forever. And that is the reality that we live in. I'm sorry to tell you this when you're at the doctor's office, but I thought it might make your problems feel less scary if you knew how tenuous a grip on reality we actually live in. (laughs) Well, I know I bounced around a lot, but the good thing is where there are these creatures like devils and demons and aliens trying to steal our eternal souls to power their time travel machines there are good creatures out there your saints and your angels Um, like Jesus who was the son of the creator of this time and space continuum 
And they come down and they try to help sentient beings. They try to lead them onto a path where they could learn how to develop their eternal soul, develop themselves into the next dimension, where you, instead of being used to power into the next generation, next in dimension, you know, like uses a power source, you are able to ascend, or what do they call that? Uh, uh, ascend to the next level all by yourself. And you can do this many different ways. There are many, many ways to the next life. And you just choose one that basically appeals to you and you follow the tenets of that religion or that practice or discipline. And you're given a choice once you die to come back and repeat this world in existence again, which many people do because they don't feel they've learned everything they can from this existence. Once you're free and unfettered from your physical limitations, you'd be surprised about wanting to come back and basically try it again and learn more and add more information, more knowledge to your eternal soul. It's, it's quite a challenging opportunity for someone to grow as a, as a human experience and learn what the universe has to offer for all of us. So with that said, it's, it's frightening, but basically if you just live a decent life, take care of business, stay out of trouble, and that doesn't mean, you know, be pious, be sinless, be perfect little saint, you know, it means just living a good life, being a good person. You don't go around being a jerk. You'd be surprised how quickly you can ascend to the next life just because you're a good person. You might say, just because I'm good, I'll ascend. Yes, actually. It's the one to go around hurting people, punishing people, damaging and being evil, destroying the world. There's a lot of those people out there. And they know who they are and they do it without guilt because they don't care. You are not one of those people. You care. You care about yourself, you care about your body, you care about your health, and you care about your friends. That's why you reached out today to talk to me, and you hoped I would respond. I don't think you expected me to come down and sit down and tell you the history of the universe, and time travel, <laughs> and multi-dimensional creatures. But I think the idea is I'm supposed to just get your mind off. And I hope I did that. I see they're, they're calling your name. Well, good luck. I think everything's going to be okay. Come here. Give me a hug. Come here. There you go. There. Yeah, don't worry. Everything's going to be alright. And I'll be right here waiting for you when you come out. Okay? You're getting these tests. And I have a good feeling about it. No matter what the outcome, you're a great person. And you should have no fear. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Cuello. 
please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardojeo at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.